When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Hi there. My name's Jack, and I love horrible movies. Each week on the Horrible Movie Podcast, producer Phil, a guest, and I talk about a horrible movie. We talk about the actors, directors, the budget, the box office, and like thereof. You also get silly songs, fake commercials, and too much fun to list on this promo. Available everywhere you get your podcast. Remember, just because it's from Hollywood doesn't mean it isn't horrible. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is content each week playing a game of hide and speak, it's Sif Pop. The bunker is the best hiding spot. It really is. Yeah. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live most weekends are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Woo! I'm your host, Darren Dicer, and he is my wonderful and one voice fits all co-host, Andrew Ormsby. He's going backwards, people. <laughs> Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. I'm not going backwards. You Why already are you hit, going backwards? You already hit Z's, didn't you? Mm-hmm, I did. So now you're just picking letters at random? No. One derful and one voice fits all. Uh, oh my goodness. Oh man. We're doing numbers. We're doing numbers. <laughs> We're doing the numbers. <laughs> we'll see how long I can keep that up. Uh, Do you have anything for two? Not yet. But we'll see. <laughs> Tumultuous. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that works. There you go. Yeah. Uh, we're. I'm very excited about this show. We had a last second change of movies, which we're excited about. Yay! <laughs> we talk a little bit about that on our uh, Sif Pop member show, uh, which you can access each week by being a Sif Pop member at Patreon. Uh, so if you want to hear how that all happened and all that how that all went down it's basically summed up summed up this way and refused and uh i didn't refuse <laughs> no i I'm just teasing. i'm just teasing i I'm pleaded teasing. um <laughs> i begged i i was thinking about uh hide and seek you know based on the ready or not movie did you ever play hide and seek well everybody did yeah. everybody's played hide and seek right yeah. did you ever play reverse hide and seek this was my favorite game playing like with youth group and big groups and that kind of stuff reverse hide reverse hide and seek have you ever played this oh you gotta explain the rules so maybe i just knew it by a different name one person hides this is basically the premise of ready or not right um yeah kind of okay uh i'm not seeing it so maybe the, I'm the outcome is a little bit different okay, gotcha. different as far as <laughs> no i don't i don't mean that outcome i mean the goal the goal of the person hiding okay. is a little gotcha. bit different uh one person hides everybody else seeks 
And when you find whoever's hiding, you hide with them until there's only one person left I have played that. looking for the entire group of people who yeah. are all hidden in the same spot. Mm. So it was. it's really fun because you can do fun things with it. Like, let's say you're with a few other people. And, you know, you go into a room and you realize the person or maybe a couple people are there, you know, and you don't want to give it away to other people. And you're like, no, nobody's over here. And then you go keep looking. And then later on, you separate yourself and you go back and, you know, so it's it's like there's manipulation to it. There's trickery to it. I don't know. It's kind of a fun little game to play, especially with groups of like 50 or more. (laughs) <laughs> all of a sudden there's like 40 people hiding in the same spot. It becomes spot. progressively hard, harder and harder to, right. to hide because everyone's giggling. Yes. Well, I think by that yes. point, everybody's just running to not be the last one to, you know, join the group. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyways, I thought I'd throw that out there. That's what I, that would have been the game I would have wanted to pick on uh, Ready or Not was Reverse Hide and Seek, which yeah. I guess feels right. It kind of, <laughs> kind of actually is, but with a lot more severe consequences yeah uh so we're gonna review ready or not we're excited to do that we've got a best ever challenge that we're gonna do actually on morgan freeman movies because that was originally <laughs> the plan when we were thinking about no, doing morgan freeman does not have a cameo <laughs> in ready or not when we were thinking about doing uh, angel has fallen yeah. uh we've got a cool sift quest about directing that we'll chat about a little bit as well yep. uh, of course we'll do some buried treasure and that kind of stuff but man it was a boring week nothing happened nothing going on in the world of pop culture this week so i'm not even sure how andrew's gonna do a do we care but every single week i scour the internet to find out what is going on i pick three topics for us to discuss and we must decide do we care or not number one because you know it took me forever to find something (laughs) we're gonna start with matrix 4 being announced keanu carrie and moss they're all coming back table um i am i have mixed feelings on this and i'll tell you why because the word was like a year ago maybe even more the rumors were that they were putting together a A prequel a a young morpheus movie with michael b jordan that's exciting i like i'm totally on board with this then this new comes out and i'm like eh, i kind of want the young morpheus move like no i'm, I'm with you i'm kind of not done like sure take me especially because which wachowski is it lana both. isn't both of them oh no 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 it's only one of them oh i think it's lana uh, but with wachowski you know heading it up yeah. like i'm like okay you know it's her vision it's yeah, i get it like i can get into it but for me i just i'm more excited if you go somewhere different with the same world than if you just show me the same people in the same world over and over and over again, especially when I didn't even like two or three really all that much. Yeah, I that, liked the the world of it, but it just I don't know. That on top of the fact that Neo's story is done, right? You yeah, know? but at the same time, you know, there's there's something within me that's going. But it's the Matrix. Sure, of course. I'm with you. I would have preferred a young Morpheus movie. I think that would have been, you know, how he got on his journey to find the one, you know? Right. Him meeting the Oracle and her telling him, you will be the one to find him. Right. And or, that gives... or even how his story of how he got out of the Matrix yeah. or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, the story, I, I just, I think there's, there's so much more availability for world building when you take a different line on something. Yeah. Um, 
But and then you know if that works, then you do a, a young Trinity movie, and you do and you start building this expanded universe. A young then, mouse movie where then he just, you do Matrix, where four. he just makes dirty programs. <laughs> <laughs> but then then down the road, the Matrix movies become the Avengers movies, right? Matrix mm-hmm. movies become the movies where all of a sudden they're all coming together, and you know I don't know. I just I think I think in today's movie market, these companies are selling new ideas short. Even when they're going to old IP, you yeah, know, they're using old IP in stale ways instead of fresh ways, and that's kind of bothersome to me. I really want there to, I really want them to go back to the first Matrix and go back to using wire work. Don't sure. don't do CGI. Sure, a lot of wire work because that was just so cool, so yeah. reminiscent of Eastern filmmaking. Yeah, I'll be there, man. It's the Matrix, and it may be great. Yeah. You know, fingers but, crossed. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm. Yeah. I know it doesn't sound like it, but I'm excited. I think we just we would have preferred the 100%. other one, but still, hundred percent. This is the Matrix, right? <laughs> Number two. Number two. I don't even know where this story stands, really, because there's so <laughs> much going on. Spider-Man in or out of the MCU? I think it's safe to say this is to be determined. Everybody's yes. treating it like it's finalized, but no. this is to. I shouldn't say everybody. There's there's plenty of voices saying this as well, but this this is. St- this For is the moment. This is negotiation, people. This yeah. is how it works. People walk away, then they walk back. People yeah. see how responses are, and then they walk back. But everybody's treating it not only as if it's a fish, like done, but also as if they have to pick a side. You know, you have to be oh, Team Sony, Sony or Team, team or, Disney, and yeah. it's just like. Why does everything have to be like that, you know? Yeah. Which well, billion-dollar company do we want to make more billions of dollars? I don't yeah. know. It's a little weird. Well, you know, it's just tribalism, you know? we got to pick a side. 100%. <laughs> it is a very human thing, for sure. But, so I'm going to break it down for okay. everybody who just kind of knows a general, like, all they heard was Spider-Man's out of the MCU. Right. So what happened is... Marvel and Sony had an agreement to have Spider-Man played by Tom Holland in five uh, films within the MCU. Right. Going all the way back from Civil War to where we are now with Far From Home. Mm -hmm. Now that that's done within that contract, it was said that Sony would retain all uh, ticket prices except for day one, 5% of the opening box office. Right. Day one or weekend one? It was. I thought it was day one. It could be. It could be day one or weekend one box office. Yeah. And they would also retain all. Um, what, what would you call it? Product merchandising. Uh, merchandising. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that that uh, term was up, Disney came to the table with new uh, <laughs> new deal. They thought was fair. Well, and 50-50. I think I could be wrong about this, but I also think Disney had the option to do one more movie under the same deal like there was some sort of stipulation if this fifth movie made a certain i think the number was a billion worldwide yeah that they had an option to create and by the way this again i haven't studied this i've just yeah. read on this stuff so yeah. any of this stuff that we're saying could be wrong yeah but you know this this is this is what i do remember from here on out speculation yeah <laughs> it's it's all speculation i'm yeah. going to talk about that in a second by the way speculation but okay. go ahead um so yeah with this new deal marvel came to sony and they said hey how about we go 50 50 and sony's like no <laughs> no 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 well they and to be fair they're negotiating from strength 
Yes. They, they own the character. This is not this is not one of those things where they're taking the character away from Disney. Yeah. They they were borrowing own it. Yeah. yeah. Like it's so it's they're negotiating from strength and they can do whatever they want. They just have to ask themselves what's best for them. And that's what I think you have to remember is both sides are just coming to the table and trying to get the best deal they can for themselves. Now, here is what I'm thinking and this is totally unconfirmed. I just this is just me spitballing. I think that um, Sony wanted a little bit of creative control within the MCU as mm-hmm. well. And Kevin Feige's not half in the hat. No, 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 no. no. I think he's very I, protective. Yes, I honestly think. And understandably so. Yeah, but I honestly think Sony was like, we could have done a deal, but you got to get Venom in mm-hmm. the MCU now. You got to get Tom Holland as Spider Man within our Venom mm-hmm. films. Yeah. Because I think that would have been a really big selling point. Oh, yeah. That's what Sony... Sony's looking at a couple things. They're looking at the Spider-Verse, and they're looking at the Spideyverse. You know, the yeah. idea of the, the live-action Spider-Man that they could be creating on their own. They yeah, own the they character. They want to do the Sinister Stick. Sinister yeah, Six. they have a lot of things And they got they the Morbius do. movie as well coming out with Why, why would Leto? they be satisfied with $1 billion movie every two years when they could be making three or four a year, you know, if they, if they yeah. play their cards right? Exactly. Um, the problem is they haven't shown the ability to make great movies that continue to bring in audiences over time. See, I think that... Uh, this is just me. I think that Sony is on a resurgence with Spider-Man right now. Here's what I mean by that. You don't only look at what they've done with Spider-Man within a film standpoint. Mm-hmm. They've got the Venom movie, you know, which, regardless of how you feel about it, made so much money. Yes, it was very successful. So much money. I liked Venom. I'm I not love Tom Hardy as Venom. Yes. Yeah. You got to look at what they did when they bought Insomniac Games and they came out with the Amazing Spider-Man game. Like one of the most critically acclaimed games of all time. It's so phenomenal. Then you got Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse as well. Sony is showing they have learned from their mistakes possibly and they know how to treat this spider I guess Spider-Verse, you know, and that they could make it work on their own. Well, and the other the other thing about it is that you know the the spider-man movies they did make i I mean they weren't awful they were enjoyable three was i mean okay fine that's my point is they make movies with diminishing returns yeah instead of continuing to like have the forethought to build something interesting uh long term but i liked both the amazing spidey movies well enough and i liked the first two you know spider-man movies well enough so it's not as if they were trash but i don't know um it's just a caliber of what Tom Holland and Kevin Feige have done with the uh, Far From Home and Homecoming well, are mo- so much better than either it, the uh, uh, what are their names Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It's the it's the Midas touch of Kevin Feige. Yeah. Everything he turn he touches it's turns gold. to gold. It, I mean, it is it's one of those things where I, I think we will look back at the MCU in fifty years. I mean, we won't. Probably in 50 years. Wow, but, but people will look back. You might. I think it's a little more a little more optimistic for me to say I'll look back in 50 nah, I years. i got to change my diet if I want to make 50 more years. <laughs> um, people will look back in 50 years at what happened with the MCU and look at Kevin Feige as one of the movie greats of all time. Like, oh, yeah. Just He's going to be on the rushmore of cinematic history. I mean, as a producer... 
I mean, he just doesn't miss. Even the yeah. movies that aren't, we kind of all agree, aren't that, you know, the, the Dark World or, you know, whatever, aren't that great. They're still hits. And they still add something to the overall thing. And that's where he's a genius, is he understands how to make cinema be a serialized thing where even the stuff that maybe misses a little bit is still important. And that's, I just I just think he's a genius. It's a TV show with episodes coming out yeah, twice a year. Absolutely. <laughs> In the biggest budgets ever, yeah. you know? Um, I Yeah, I... It's it's mind blowing to think, and that's what Sony has to be willing to walk away from, to actually negotiate with strength. They have to be willing to walk away from the Midas touch, right? Because there is no guarantee that they'll be able to figure this out. There's no guarantee that Tom Holland will want to do more than the next two. I think they have him signed for two more. Yeah, you know, uh, two or three. I was I'm I remember hearing two, but it could be yeah. three. Believe me. Yeah. Um, speaking of speculation, here's what I'm getting sick of. I am sick of websites trying to make a name for themselves by creating fan fiction and calling it rumor. The idea, like, there have been several articles, I put those in quotes, that have come out saying, rumor is, here's the new deal that Disney and Sony are going to make, and it's 70-30 now, and Disney's going to, you know, uh, uh, bring Venom into the MCU, yeah. and like, it's like, okay, somebody, you, the source, quote-unquote, that you're using is some fan on a board somewhere who's just making stuff up and calling it a rumor, Yeah, have some journalistic integrity and just say... Instead of saying, but here's I want a rumor. The clicks. Exactly. But huh. instead of saying, here's a rumor, say, hey, think about this. I wonder if this deal would work. Quit selling it as something that actually has any sort of merit whatsoever. And that's why I was hesitant to say at the beginning of this, here's where we are with this. <laughs> right. Because exactly. You can't it's trust all... anything right, right now. Yes. 100%. Yeah. Um, now, what do you hope? Well, obviously, I hope that, you know, Marvel can come to some term with Sony. You heard it here, Andrew's Team Disney. I'm just kidding. No, no I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I I'm just Tom kidding. Holland I'm messing with this you. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I do, too. I do, too. I also want Venom, Carnage, Sinister Six, Morbius. I want all of them in the MCU, too. I I want I want I want Kevin Feige to control it all. Are you kidding me? Like yeah. I, I would love to see how he builds Venom into the MCU. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. Again, because I trust him. I trust that he keeps the big picture and you know in his brain. So I want I want Sony to come to a deal with Marvel, but I also want Kevin Feige to say, okay, I can take those properties I had nothing to do with, and I can make them work within what we've done here. Right. I want him to have you know the ability to say fine i want him to settle as much as i want every i want everybody to settle because right now the only people that are losing are us <laughs> i mean you know uh first world problems right like we're not really losing but you know i mean the, i'll think of the amazing incredible movies we get every year you know Okay, so you know what I mean by that. Sure, yeah. Losing within the realm of the stakes that we're dealing with. Yeah. We're losing. Yep. We're not losing at life. We're just losing in this struggle. Yeah, I hope they can come to an agreement. Yeah. Uh, I think it is going to take a little more than, you know, 5% of first day for Disney to, to think it's worth their while anymore. It's got to be getting under their skin a little bit that they make billions of dollars for Sony every year based on their plan and their creative you know, yeah. genius. Um, so I get that. But at the same time, 
I guess you know. another thing that I read was that uh, Sony doesn't want to give Feige a producer credit. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It'll, I, don't get me wrong. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how all this plays out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm fascinated by it. Yep. Number three. Number three. D... 23. Ooh, man, there's a lot of news coming out of D23. Yeah, I've, I'm not going to lie, I've only seen the Mandalorian trailer, and then... How is I, it? I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah? I'm stoked. Good. It looks rough, dude. Johnny Favs, man, he knows how to make stuff. Yeah, I mean, this looks like, if this was like Game of Thrones, well, it is Pedro Pascal, <laughs> so yeah, it's the Viper as a Mandalorian. The, vi- the Viper-Lorian? Yeah, the Viper-Lorian. Um, it looks really good, and it good. looks really dark. Good. Um, but really, my big three things that I saw came out of surprise Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, the three new shows announced. Yeah. So we got they bounced a bunch of new stuff yesterday. It was great. Did they? Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I the three that caught my eye were She Hulk, yeah. which is great. Kamala Khan's Mrs. Marvel, yeah, Miss Marvel. What did I say? Mrs. Oops. Yeah, Miss Marvel. She's not married. <laughs> I think she's only like 16. So, and then she's not a pirate, so there is no R. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then my biggest one that I was super stoked. Yes, I'll, I'll give you a. Uh, yeah, you're great. <laughs> I got the head shake from. Uh, oh, did you from really? Phil, so okay. I'm, I'm good. The one I'm super excited for Moon Knight. Tell no. me about this. this is this a vampire thing from what I understand? Uh he, yeah, he, I get he's not a vampire. Okay, but, I know nothing about this. Yeah, this Moon Knight's IP. just like a super cool, awesome. He looks amazing. Are you trying to pull up a picture or something of him right now? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why because this is an audio podcast, Andrew. So I don't know what what uh, a picture. It's would... a show, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be throwing that back in your face from now. No, Moon Knight. He's uh, an amazing character. He's uh, he, it's. Uh, he's a difficult character to talk about without spoiling. Okay, it's weird. Don't worry about it. Yeah, then. don't worry about it. No, he's a fun character though. If you get into his story, he kind of deals with. He, I think I've seen read a couple of comics where he's worked with Blade, like fighting vampires and stuff like that too. Yeah. Okay, I mean, look at doesn't he look awesome? <laughs> look at that guy. It's crazy. He kind of looks like a Batman. He kind of fights like Daredevil. Like he's yeah. got, he's got this kind of like very um, agile kind of fight style. So yeah, he's got some brutal weapons too. You you mix Batman with Deadpool with uh, Daredevil and you get Moon Knight. Okay, well that yeah. sounds interesting. Um, yeah. yeah, that was the stuff that Marvel announced, and I you know again I'm not a comic book person, so when it's stuff I don't know, I yeah. just wait and see you know how it'll yeah. be. Um, so I don't know anything yeah. about that stuff. I'm kind of excited for She Hulk. That could be fun. Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. I'm really excited for that. And then that, Moon that's Knight. That's my number one Kamala Khan, yeah. Miss Marvel. What, yeah. what makes that so exciting? Because, again, I know nothing. Because um, that's not Captain I'm, Marvel. No, no, no. She was a like a little kid who was a super fan of Captain Marvel. And then she got uh powers. Is it the kid from Captain Marvel that's playing Miss Marvel? No, I thought it was going to be. Whenever I saw the little girl, I'm like, is that going to be Kamala Khan? But nope, it was... Uh, okay. Uh, I'm just excited because I've read every comic. 
Um, so, uh, like, I you own, read all Kamala I, Khan? Yeah, I, I own and and have read every copy of Miss Marvel. So I, I'm just really excited to see her fleshed out into. She rides a giant bulldog. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> Fun. yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, um, she has Mister um, Mister uh, Mr. Fantastic. Fantastic's power. She can yeah. stretch and like just have cool. giant hands yeah. to punch people. <laughs> cool. And I, I don't know how this works with everything else, but she is. Um, She's not a, a mutant. She's the she's an inhuman. Inhuman, so, like so I don't know how that will fit with all the other stuff that they're doing. But um. wait, now uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Marvel fans. Uh, Inhumans was originally created by Marvel because they didn't have rights to the X Men, right? Isn't why they? Isn't that why they kind of? I invented... think Inhumans have been around for a while. Black Bolt's an yeah. Inhuman. Have they? Uh, they've, they've had the comic property forever. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, they they. I, mean, I just knew they played them into Agents of Shield. Yeah, no, they as were if they enhanced. Were... Uh, no, they used they, the they word inhumans. In, they had inhumans. In yeah, Marvel. I know oh, really? they've used the word yeah. inhumans. I haven't watched Agents of Shield, but I remember from uh, Age of Ultron mm-hmm. that they called Scarlet Witch and uh, Silver. Uh, what was it? Not Silver Surfer, but a uh, Quicksilver. They called them the Enhanced. Yeah, could be. I just uh, know because because for so long Disney didn't own the rights to yeah. the X Men. They kind of tried all these different end arounds to you know kind without of have that actually idea saying without mutant actually saying or mutant or X Men. Um, but now they own them, so it's kind of curious yeah. to me. Like, how is all that gonna play together? And, or and if it will, not, but they may not make a deal out of it at all they have to mention it i think at, at least in the first episode but um like she other than ages of shields there's not been an, an inhuman in any of the marvel properties right. to my knowledge correct so it was interesting. a show right there was a tv show called, it was horrible it was called the inhumans right which actually did have black bolt and uh oh i forgot about that that show was so bad. Black Bolt's one of my favorite Marvel characters. It's it's fascinating to me. The way comic culture has taken over pop culture in general is fascinating it to me. Makes me feel great. Yeah, I mean, how long though, right? Like, how long does it last and how long do we feel great about it? Like, is, will there be some sort of fatigue at some point? Oh, there's going to be a fatigue, but this is just one of those Should things we call where it I'm just. Fig fatigue? Feige fatigue. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, I'm just riding this wave of everything I loved as a kid is now popular. Yeah. And I no, have cool. all. No, okay, I don't have all the insights, <laughs> but just, I, It's all about me. No, no, I was going to say I have all the uh, pre existing knowledge. But I don't. Right. So. Yeah. Sure. Yep. There she is. Yeah. Oh, there they are. I should say. Yeah. So, um, can I say a couple other things that happened to D twenty three that yeah, because Marvel, to me? Was, you know, there's got to be something besides Mandalorian and D twenty three. There's a lot of stuff. I mean, you know, the Star Wars stuff. Mandalorian was, you know, talked about quite a bit. Do but it. beyond that, I'm really impressed with what they are doing, both on the just kind of the technical side of things as well as on the non-IP side of things. Um, I shouldn't say non-IP, but non-big IP, so not Pixar, Marvel, or Star Wars stuff. Mm. Um, Because I think they're being really smart about this service. Uh, $6.99, they made this official. $6.99 will get you 4K everything. So it's 4K, also seven accounts. You get seven full accounts, for that six ninety nine for your family, and four simultaneous, so four oh people gosh. could be using the service at the same time. Do you have the 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 twelve ninety nine list like everything I that comes in front? Don't, but it's I know it's Hulu and ESPN and National Geographic. Yeah, and, uh, it's just so National many. Geographic comes with just the the six ninety nine, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah, because I think okay. they include National Geographic, uh, Fox. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar is kind of the portals. Yeah. Uh, or in Disney, you know, as are, are the portals, at least that I've seen. But I, I just say that to say, like, on the technical side of things, man, they are they are laying it down. They are going for that it. That twelve ninety nine and everything that comes with it is the exact same price as Netflix. Yeah. Well, but... I, yeah, and you also with that I, is it commercial free Hulu or is it Hulu with commercials that comes with that? See, I don't know be that yet. Com- with, ads. with commercials, so the twelve ninety nine includes Hulu with ads. Yes, and which, ESPN, which ESPN isn't. I, I don't know. The ESPN streaming service isn't as good as it could be right yeah. now, but um, I don't know. Here's It'll be interesting. What I want to know. I already have Hulu. Uh, not only do I have Hulu, I have the no ads, and then I also have things with it like a Cinemax and stuff. Right. How am I going to integrate my account I have right now with this Disney Plus? I don't know, but I think long term they'll obviously want to do that. But I, I think those details are kind of still in the wind. I don't know. Yeah. But um, anyway, so from a technical side of things, my my takeaway from D23 is, oh, you, you're you doing this. Like, yeah. you are going for it. Uh, and then on the non, like, big IP kind of thing, there's a show they're doing with Kristen Bell called Encore. Did you hear about this one? No. It's going to be available day one, November 12th. Uh, Kristen Bell is doing a show where she takes old high school musicals that people have done when they were in high school, mm-hmm. and they restage them now, you know, 20 years later or 30 years later with the same actors that did it in high school and it's called encore and it's like there have been many shows announced and this is the one where i'm like i want to see that right now like that sounds amazing to me but maybe it's because i'm a kind of a musical theater nerd and i come from you know like drama club and that kind of stuff in high school but the idea of getting back with because you know how who who among us still do stuff and hang out with our high school friends like i can't imagine Mm -hmm. like you know redoing like some of the shows that we've done with those people i love them they're great people i remember having a great time but what would that be like i don't know i just find that really fascinating so that's called encore that's pretty uh, cool. And then there's one Did you see the Spider-Man show they announced? No, what was that? <laughs> Spider-Man or Disney Junior, which I guess is like a kids okay. like kindergarten show. Uh, Disney announced a Spider-Man show and I'm like, "Oh, that's awkward timing." <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other Marvel thing that that they did announce was uh, or not announced, but they I guess showed some of the first what if uh, footage oh. of um, I one of the first stories is going to be um, Captain America's girl. Why can't I remember um, her name? Carter. Carter. Yeah, agent. I think is that right? Agent Carter as Captain America. Like she gets the shield and becomes Captain America. Wow. That's one of the first what ifs. So, Ooh. so yeah. So that's I, Ooh, that Peggy, show. Peggy I, going crazy. I am yeah, Cat Peggy or whatever. I am so pumped Captain about what Peggy. if. I'm so pumped about what if. The other one that's non IP is the world according to Jeff Goldblum. Did you see this one? <laughs> I already want it. <laughs> so it, it says, Jeff Goldblum lead, leads each episode of this reality series by examining a deceptively familiar thing we all love, like sneakers or ice cream. Goldblum makes disparate connections between science, history, and people. And it's it sounds basically just like it's Jeff Ian Goldblum Malcolm just going full being on. random about whatever thing the topic is. I just, this, I don't know. I, I look at this stuff and I'm like, okay, Disney gets it. Yeah. Because not only is that stuff fun and interesting, 
it's also kind of cheap and easy to produce. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's it's almost more YouTube than broadcast TV. How much does it cost to get Jeff Goldblum to talk about shoes for thirty minutes? Right, <laughs> right. I, it, it feels like they understand the dynamic of where the future of media is going. Yeah. Um. You know. So, oh, Disney's not dumb. No, no, they got some really smart people. So yeah. Um. Yeah. Anyways, I was I was really impressed with the D twenty three announcements. Yeah. That's gonna wrap it up for Do We Care. All right. Well, let's talk movies. Let's uh, let's review Ready or Not. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing, and then you are officially part of the family. So at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. Grace couldn't be happier after she marries the man of her dreams at his family's luxurious estate. There's just one catch. She must now hide from midnight until dawn while her new in-laws... Hunter with guns, crossbows, and other weapons. Uh, yeah. This is a fascinating concept. <laughs> Starring not Margot Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Samantha Weaving, right? Yeah. Like, she's great. Uh, Samara. She's, she, what is it? Samara? Samara Weaving. Samara. My apologies. Uh, she is great. We're getting ahead of ourselves. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? I really liked it. Yeah, I'm in the really liked it camp, too. Not quite in loved it. No, I got issues with this movie, yeah. but... No, this movie's so much fun. I think here's here's the summary of, you know, coming out of this. This is exactly the movie it wants to be. Yes. It's one of those movies where you're just like, you nailed it. You did exactly yeah. what you set out to do with the tools you had. Um, and I think that, for me, is one of the biggest, uh, I don't know, one of the, the biggest pros for a movie is to be yeah. able to do that, to understand itself and to be what it wants to be. Now, sometimes I won't like what you want to be. Sometimes I would prefer a different movie, but that's not the point. The point is this movie does exactly what it sets out to do Yeah, and uh, does it very well. Yeah. A lot of that comes from both Samara and Adam Brody just killing it in this movie. They're so yeah. good. Um, I, I'm jumping into a con really quick, but I need to preface so sure. it prefaces everything I say. I there's some parts in this movie where, if you really start to think about it, it doesn't make sense, and the only reason that they got away with it is because they say, "Well, then the movie because the movie needs to happen." Right. You know, if you start to question, you know, well, why did this character do this or this? You're like, well, because they needed the movie to happen. Yeah. So you're gonna give some examples when we talk spoilers. Oh, I got a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was a, I was aware of that as well. Um, and again, this isn't a movie that asks you to think deeply about those things. It's not. It's not a movie that sets up any rules that it breaks. That it's, was gonna be my next point. It's, like, it's you don't care. Exactly. The movie doesn't care, and it doesn't need you to care. Yeah. It, it's just doing what it's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. So that was my main comment. I'm so as well. glad I didn't see Angel has fallen. This movie's <laughs> this movie's fun. You know, it's it's because the characters, not only her, but all of the family members, are so 
likable in a sense like you enjoy watching what's going on on screen you know Mm -hmm. you're not bored by anybody you know and there's running gags and for a a horror movie this is right up there with some of the best like comedy horrors out there you know Mm -hmm. um the fact that this family, yes, they're hunting her, but they're really bad at it, you know? <laughs> it's it's because they're... Some of them more than others. Yeah, some yes, some of them more than others. They're just like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? We're just, you told me that this might possibly happen, and I never trained or anything mm-hmm. for this. It's just fun. and But honestly, I think that it comes down to you got to root for Samara's character and the fact that we like her so much. We, we love her. Yeah. We love her in this. And we, we want her. It, it's, I very much get shades of, um, wh- uh, what's her name in the repeat uh, horror movie? <laughs> I death was day. just, I was I, so thinking, I'm like, oh, this is a Happy funny. Death Day I like heroin. I was going to ask you guys about Happy Death Day having not seen the movie. Like, mm-hmm. just watching in the trailer, it reminded me of, of Happy Death Happy Day. Happy Death Day is definitely more PG-13 than this is. This yeah, is yeah. definitely more oh, R. hard R, yeah. Yeah, this is definitely more R than Happy Death Day, but um, I want to say her name's Jennifer something, but uh, Roth, I can't remember. I wish I could because she's so great. Jessica. Jessica something. Jessica Roth something. Anyways, <laughs> she's great, and that's the exact same feeling I had with Samara Weaving. Oh, it's is... a... No, it's that feeling of, you know... Because every... They're going against the cliche of the female protagonist in the horror. Always scared, you know, mm-hmm. and running away. Yeah, there's that. But then there comes a moment where, where they're like, you know what? Screw it. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting back. Yeah. And that's... that. It's that, that throw caution to the wind confidence and humor that both Happy Death Day and uh, Ready or Not you know, bring. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and it sticks to its concept very well. Uh, you know, I never felt like it went against any, you know, rules of the universe that it had set up. Um, you know, it leaves some of those rules of the universe kind of up in the air mm-hmm. so that it can surprise you and do story twists and turns and reveal things to you about the universe. Yeah. I thought that was done well. Um, the performances overall, though, they're not stellar overall they certainly do exactly what they're meant to do um the only people you know who are doing uh you know capital a acting are probably andy mcdowell she's doing some really fun stuff here and yet you also feel an interesting she is the most interesting acting performance in this movie for me Mm. because you feel an empathy from her that feels real and authentic and at the same time she is who she is yeah um so so yeah i thought she's capital a acting i think Adam Brody is the one that steals this movie for yes. me. Yes. No, I was going to mention he was the other one. Yeah. That I I felt is doing actual acting and aside from Samara, who I think is doing some great stuff here as well. Yeah. Everybody else uh, are doing great work, but they're very much just character acting. character. Yeah. They're just they're just yeah exactly doing character stuff. Um, Henry Zerny. I think is how you say the his father. name. The father, yeah, uh, who I know mostly from Clear and Present Danger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's hilarious in this, yeah. but he's not doing capital A acting. He's you no. know he's a caricature of this you know this thing, and he's this great. Patriarchal. Uh, uh, I'm going to say Melanie Scrifano is her name. The is sister. That the sister. Oh, she's funny. She's great. <laughs> she's hilarious. But again, a caricature. She's not yes. you know doing any kind of capital A acting. Uh, Christian Brune. I'm, is how to pronounce his name? The, the, bur- bigger the brother-in-law, guy. yeah. Again, hilarious. So that's the thing. You've got all of these people doing really funny, good work. And I will admit, especially early on in this movie, 
I was kind of annoyed by how much of a caricature a lot of these people were. You know, as as I'm as I'm watching it, I was occasionally distracted by I want something a little more real. I want something a little more authentic. But then I kind of That's not the movie. But it's not the movie, but I also still kind of got it. I still kind of got it from Andy McDowell. I kind of got it from Adam Brody. Certainly got it from Samara. So, you know, it was one of those things where it gave me just enough of that that I that I'm not going to, you know, tear the movie a new one for it. It's just it's just one of those things that i i think deserves like just a just a little negative notch just a little you know there's is definitely some cheese going on here yeah uh there's a character decision at the end of this movie that i really did not like at all Mm -hmm. but that it it doesn't seem it doesn't seem earned no it doesn't yes totally agree but it also leads to a phenomenal ending which is just so <laughs> much fun <laughs> yeah i want to see this movie it's a great again. ending it really is a great ending yeah. and uh and the ending really brings everything here's the other thing about this this movie it actually, ties in the ridiculousness it ties in both the ridiculousness and it ties in what if, if loosely the message of the movie and this you know there's a there's an actual metaphor here yeah and, and it, it's it's not a great metaphor no no it's a, it's a horrible metaphor in many Rich ways people <laughs> but there there is the movie actually is saying something it's kind of it, i guess it's kind of hinting at a message it, it doesn't really land its message in any kind of powerful or meaningful way but it is you know it is it's it's waving at something and that's you, okay <laughs> in-laws do you get along with your in-laws i love my in-laws yes yeah, so I, I don't you wouldn't see this I don't happening relate. yeah i yeah. just well and, and again that you couldn't put yourself in samara's shoes but for a lot of people this is the metaphorical extension of their actual relationship with, with their, their in-laws yeah, this is exactly. what it feels like and i i think the movie succeeds at that even though i don't relate to that yeah. Uh, my wife's you family is incredible. I get it. Like I, mean, I get like, this. It's a trope. Yes, exactly. And so. they just took that trope to the nth <laughs> degree. Yeah. 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 That's a lot of fun. There's also the whole, you know, uh, social, you know, equality ladder thing sure. that's going on here. Yeah. It feels like, you know, the rich are always hunting down the poor and stuff like that. And if you are poor and you become the rich that, you know, you so quickly pick up on that, uh, that habit of you know me that greed and stuff like mm-hmm. that is very infectious yeah there's a uh, do you ever watch succession on hbo yeah they're in the season I? two now oh and it, remember i hate that show okay yeah so it's very much the same feel as that like man rich people are weird like they just yeah. they live in a different universe where money isn't an object and so they just do weird exorbitant things you know some yeah. of them with that money yeah especially in media <laughs> yes so yeah it's oh. it's it, it, yeah that's there as well i think yeah i think great you. morgan freeman cameo <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes no. yeah when he descends is is god <laughs> yeah. we realize it's in the almighty universe yeah uh, Samara Almighty. Samara Almighty. Yes. So but, I, I watched the Red Band trailer, which has some pretty graphic violence in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. How how throughout is that kind of thing? In this? Sporadic, but whenever it decides to go there, it really goes there. I think it. I think it really handles the rhythm of that very well. Yeah. Uh, in other words. It does really go there, but it's always always played for humor. It's played for humor, and it's not so much so often yeah. that you're like, I just, I don't, I'm out. It's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not a gore fest. Yeah, exactly. I think I think it handles the rhythm yeah. of the violence uh, very well. 
Um, it almost it's weird. It's really weird, but it almost feels PG thirteen, even though it is definitely not. You know, yeah. it, it's kind of one of those things where they just handle the comedy of it so well and the tone and the rhythm of it so well that it, it doesn't feel as graphic as it is. Yeah, it's it's the ridiculousness of what's actually happening on screen mm-hmm. that takes you out of a reality where that would normally gross you out. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good movie. It is. I'm excited talking spoilers about some specific scenes, jokes, yeah. all that kind of fun stuff. But No post-credit scene. No post-credit scene um, to, to speak of. I guess the only other thing I would say is, you know, if you're a person who just doesn't like horror movies, uh, this is this is one that maybe you might, enjoy. Like. you might actually like. And that happens every once in a while. Yeah, you and um, I don't like horror films. No, we both enjoyed it. I, so. I, honestly, I would call this more of a comedy than a horror film. I mean, you know, I, it's a I'm, gory so, comedy. I am so sick of the genre police game, you know, where we have to classify everything as something so that the tribe who loves that thing will love it. You know, like, I don't know. I just For me, I just want to say, yeah, it's a comedy. And yeah. yeah, it's a horror movie. And yeah, it's a thriller. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, yeah, there's elements of romance in it. And yeah, there's, you know, there's musical numbers. No, there's no musical numbers. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Say, I'm trying to remember. It's one of those movies where I wouldn't put it past it to just throw a musical number in the middle of it. <laughs> as far as you know, maybe there is. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, there you go. That's our thoughts on Ready or Not. Unless you had anything else you wanted to mention. No, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. We will, uh, <clears throat> of course, do some spoilers. Yes. In the SIF spoil. So that should be a lot of fun. Speaking of Morgan Freeman. Speaking of the camp. Cameo in this movie, Morgan yeah. Freeman. We're going on to the uh, best ever challenge, which is Morgan Freeman movies. Uh, yeah. Boy, has he been in some movies. Man, my honorable mentions list is just his IMDb page. <laughs> <laughs> well, he goes back a long way, too. Um, yeah. I certainly have not seen every movie that Morgan Freeman has been in. So, Although that would be an epic sift sort if we tried to <laughs> do oh my Mor- gosh. Morgan Freeman's IMDb. We'd, oh. have to, we'd have to dedicate a whole uh, three episodes. The thought of that is just that. exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, all right, let's start with number five. Work our way to number one. Uh, I can go first. You can go first. You go first. I will go first. Lego movie I have at number five. Trump. All right. What do you got at number five? Seven. Nice. I've got it in my honorable mentions. Uh, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> what's in the box? Um... This is not a comedy. It is a straight-up horrifying what? movie. Yeah. Uh, but, man, people I, f- people can look at a movie like this and just kind of, you know, br- shrug it off as, you know, just a gory horror movie. There are some interesting things going on between the old blood and the new blood within the police force. You know, Morgan Freeman taking Brad Pitt under his wing and showing him the ropes and brad pitt coming from a different city where he thinks he knows everything you know and they get thrown into this game that this horrifying serial killer is playing played by kevin spacey who nails that part for as little as he's in that movie mm-hmm. oh man it's so good i mean it really is the movie where i think david fincher found himself you know found out who he was as a director a yeah. director yeah um, but I, I think it shows a little bit too. I don't think he's as polished as he is later on and has figured out, you know, the audience as well as he has later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is great. It really is a great technical movie. Not one of my favorites, yeah. uh, of his. And like I said, I have it in my honorable mentions, but, um, but yeah. One of the most famous endings to a movie ever. Yeah. By the way, it won't be the last David Fincher movie uh, we talk about on this episode. Uh, probably not. 
No, I know for sure it won't be. <laughs> All right. So you're number four. Uh, my number four is The Dark Knight. Probably trumped on that one, too. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, Go ahead. man. No, no, no. That's fine. Eventually, eventually <laughs> yeah. I'll get to talk about my favorite Morgan Freeman movies. Yeah. <laughs> number four. I got lucky number 11. Okay. I knew you were going to bring this one up. God, I love this movie. I love this movie so much. Like, it just keeps... I'm serious. It keeps climbing the ladder of my top 100 movies That's of all fun. time. Every single movie I'm listing, by the way, is in my top 100. Um, good job, Morgan Freeman. Yeah, right. Um, this is just a crazy, ridiculous movie, and it's easily Josh Hartnett's best performance and movie. I love his character. Lucy Liu is like my dream woman in this movie. Just her <laughs> giddiness and like excitement for life is so infectious. It kind of reminds me of Amelie a little bit. Mm. Um, but you throw those characters... That may be the first time ever somebody's compared Lucky Number 11 to o- Amelie. I, I'm throwing Lucy Liu's character <laughs> reminds me of Amelie. No, that's great. But I love th- that kind of stuff, man. But you throw Amelie into a world where there's two rival mob bosses trying mm-hmm. to kill each other and this guy finds himself unfortunately stuck in between it. It is a movie that takes you on a roller coaster of what is really going on. And it's fascinating. If you combined this- uh, Amelie with uh, Lucky Number Slevin, you'd get Lucky Number Slept. <sighs> <laughs> He did it, people. Continue. But look at this cast. Bruce Willis, Morgan Freeman, Sir Ben Kingsley, Mm -hmm. Stanley Tucci, Lucy Liu, Josh Hartnett, and I guarantee you I'm forgetting. I love how much you love this movie, man. I really do. I really do love this movie a lot. You're you're, you're almost to the point where you're going to make me rewatch it. Almost. Like... The, okay, I don't hate it. I just don't. Th- I never came away from it going. That's an amazing movie. That's the thing. Whenever there's a movie that I love like this that I know a lot of people haven't seen, not a lot of people have seen this movie. Mm. It makes me want, like, oh, I know this gem, and there's so many people that sure. if they see it, they'll see what I see. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of that. Like, no, I get that feeling. See yeah, this for movie. sure. So that's my number four. Very nice. By the way, uh, four, my top four are all in my top 100 movies of all time. Sweet. Um, uh, maybe that is Lego Movie in my top 500, top 100 movies of all time? Should I don't be. think I don't think it is. Should be. Um, ready for my number three? Yeah. I've got Bruce Almighty at number three. Okay. <clears throat> do, I get, do I get to talk about it? Yes, you do. Uh, I'll take that off my honorable mentions. I am a huge Jim Carrey fan. People know that. I've loved his career. I love the way he's developed his career. This is the movie where I kind of fell in love with his persona even more than his comedy um, because he is doing something very real in this movie, and this movie is very... It's a very interesting philosophical look at the belief in God or what God would be like or the idea of I could do this job better than God could. You know, like as funny as it is and as hilarious as it is, uh, there is a repentance moment in this movie in the middle of the the street with the rain coming down that is really powerful to me. And I don't know. There's just something really beautiful about this movie. And uh, and of course, Jim Carrey is hilarious in it. So and it just has so many classic lines and scenes and. Is so Scoot. much better, so much better than Evan Almighty. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This movie is good. It's good. It's good. So my number yeah. three. Yeah. What's your number three? Now we talk about the Lego Movie. All right, do it. Oh, uh, is this the funniest uh, computer animated movie of all time? Is uh, uh, no. 
You know, no. you don't think it is. <laughs> I honestly think it might be. It might be. I don't uh, know. You yes, have to there, give me time. I know you're a Pixar head, yeah, and sure. there are some great Pixar movies. But I'm talking about laughs per minute. Right? Yeah, Pixar. Pixar doesn't set out to make like full front to back comedies. Yeah. Right. They set out to make meaningful movies that have hum- a lot of humor in them. Yeah. And that's no. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Yeah. Although, I will say this movie does have a really interesting ending to it, you know, with the father and the son, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. that well, whole that's metaphor. why I love it, because yeah. it actually also has meaning. Yeah. It's a straight-up comedy that has a really beautiful story turn. Yeah. I'm one of the people who, yes, I recognize a beautiful story turn, but the comedy in this movie, the last per minute, is just so good, because... They get kind not kind of like Lucky Number Eleven, but you know, just a giant cast. Mm-hmm. But it's a well cast ensemble. You know, yeah. everybody is perfect for the role. Morgan Freeman as uh, uh what's his name? Vitruvius. Uh, Vitruvius. Yeah. Oh, he kills it. He kills it. He is so funny in this movie. It's a movie that is made for kids, but honestly, I think the adults come away loving this movie so much more. Yeah, it's great. I, I don't really have a ton to add. I agree with uh, everything you said. Uh, I think the only difference between us is I probably prioritize the depth and meaning more than the, yeah. the comedy, and you prioritize prior- prioritize the comedy more yeah but honestly they're both so good that it it doesn't matter which you prioritize more because both work so well yeah so yeah no i'm with you all right you're number two my number two is gone baby gone honorable mention i'll take it off uh i've talked about this movie many many times it's been on many best ever challenge uh lists uh, it is the prime example for me of that movie you can't quit thinking about. The moral conundrum movie where you walk out and you're just like, what would I do? Mm. Which which way would I go? This is the prime example of that kind of movie. And I don't know that any movie has done it better. Uh, I think Ben Affleck. Uh, Casey. Uh, well, I was going to say Ben. Oh, for directing. But yeah, directing this okay. movie just kind of jumped onto the scene and was basically like look what i can do <laughs> yeah like, oh yeah very nicely done mr yeah. guy i thought was you know just a one-time wonder with goodwill hunting and yeah then, uh riding damon's coattails <laughs> yeah no yeah. he's here and he's here to stay no and in this movie announced that casey is great casey affleck's great mm-hmm. morgan freeman's great the the whole story is just so powerful and real and it just feels very authentic um this is one of my favorite movies ever uh, the thing that you know damon and uh uh they they do affleck's Mm -hmm. do they really make boston a character of of all their movies you know because they know it so well you look at the town you look at goodwill hunting you look at this it's that character it's just that place you you feel like you recognize it because they make it feel so real Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Great, great movie. Uh, so my number two. Yep. Shawshank. Yeah. You trumping it? I am. Okay. But I mean, we'll talk about it soon, obviously. Sure. Like right now. Like right now. <laughs> it's okay. my number one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what what remains to be said about the Shawshank Redemption? <laughs> it truly was uh, Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> uh, I it really, honestly, I don't know what I could say that other people haven't said a million times before. Um, it, on IMDb, it's rated the greatest movie of all time. It's just it's just so meaningful, so powerful, 
performances, you buy into it. It's one of those movies that you can't take your eyes off of. No, like, yeah. you know, there are there there are movies where even in our multitask culture where I'm on my phone and I'm on my laptop and the movie's going on the TV where I can, you know, kind of pay attention, especially if I've seen it before. No. But this is one of those movies. It doesn't matter how many times I've seen it. If I start it, I ain't doing nothing else. Yeah. I, every second of that movie grabs me. So, and there's yeah. a lot of minutes, but you don't feel them. <laughs> it's no. a long movie. No. But you're, you know, you're sucked in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just care about how Andy is doing inside <laughs> the prison <laughs> Shawshank. Your Morgan Freeman is so good, Andrew. I don't know how we ever survived. Tell Why? me about penguins now, please. Here's the thing about penguins. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it's it. It's very cold. <laughs> Nice. And they run from seals. Yeah, uh, I think I have uh, I have Shawshank Lake in my top twenty. I think, um, but it's 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 definitely amazing. Yeah, it's it's right up there for me. Yep. Roughly top twenty, top twenty five, somewhere around there. I, yeah, I don't feel like looking it up. But now we're talking about the Dark Knight. Yeah, go for it, man. Woo. Um, if I was going off of his performance in a movie, I think that Lucius really shines and batman begins Mm -hmm. but you know when you look at the dark knight trilogy as a whole it just comes down to the dark knight and what heath ledger did was you know yeah this is this is the one of the batman movies we're going to use as a representative of morgan freeman's involvement right you know it's yeah it's just it's it is if i threw out dark knight rises people would be like huh (laughs) (laughs) no it's got to be the dark knight yeah if we're talking about that trilogy then easily um I don't know how often we keep bringing this movie up. It's the same way with Shawshank, you know? It just feels like, do you remember all the things we've always praised about that movie? We're just going to, you know... Here's here's our... Uh, today on Sif Pop, we're going to be doing the best ever challenge of movies not named The Dark Knight or Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like sometimes. <laughs> or The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Oh, I'll always <laughs> talk about The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. But, uh, <laughs> it, well, what, what's amazing for Andrew is The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly is number one on his best ever movies not named The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. That's how much he loves it. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I don't, literally don't know how it happened. I, I Actually, what I did is I took the Italian E. Buro, uh, right, yeah, and exactly. I just put that in there. That's like, right, It's a great right. movie. It's not named The Good, The Bad, and The <laughs> yeah, Ugly. Yeah. This is an amazing movie. You guys definitely need to check it out. <laughs> um, but yeah, out of all the Dark Knight, it's for me, man, it easily top five. It's possibly the greatest superhero movie ever made possibly yeah no I, I certainly in that conversation yeah um and i you know i love it as well i don't love it quite as much as everybody else but i mean it's still you my, get it. i i mean it's still in my top 100 movies ever yeah. so you know i <laughs> i it is an incredible incredible work yeah um now yeah. for the uh, plethora uh, the many 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 honorable mentions i only have a few that I'm going to mention. You, you go through yours, yeah, and I was then I'll say, just, mark I'll just them mention off my mine, list. and then you can mention the rest of the ones you want to touch so on. Uh, shout out to Oblivion. Um, I think this is an underrated movie, uh, Tom Cruise movie. I didn't People like it the see. first time I saw it. Did you see it a second time yet? Yeah. Okay. Is it getting better for you? I I appreciated it more. I'm still. I don't want to see it okay. again. I still enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Um, but I do also have a Tom Cruise thing. I think he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the bucket list. I yep. would mention uh, Lean on Me, which I didn't even realize uh, he had a role in. Uh, Glory. No. Nope. Uh, worth mentioning. And Unforgiven, I think you have to mention as well. Yeah. Um, are definitely ones. So, yeah. What about you? Okay. So, let me just finish marking those off. Unforgiven was very close to making, to making your list. Yeah. 
You know how much I love westerns. I do. And Clint Eastwood. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Million Dollar Baby. Phenomenal movie. Yeah. I didn't like that one as much as most people did. Really? But I I understand. I get it. I think whenever I was uh, redoing my uh, top 100 movies of all time, it was number 100. And then uh, some movies came out. I'm like, well, farewell. (laughs) Uh, I hope you enjoyed your time on the list. But I really love that movie. Uh, Invictus. Good movie. Mm -hmm. Red. Yep. Driving Red's just a funny movie, you know. Geriatric sure. Assassins. It's sure. funny. Yeah. You know. Uh Driving Miss Daisy. Okay. Along Came a Spider. I don't know why I like that movie, but I really do. It's not I, bad. I think it's fun. It's not bad. Um a movie that so many people don't like, but I don't get. I think it's great. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Kevin Costner's not good in that movie. <laughs> well, but, his accent's not good. Yeah, He's his fine. accent's not good. But you look at uh, Morgan Freeman. You look at uh, what's his name, uh, S- uh, Snape. What's his name? Who played Snape in the Harry Potter movies? I you put me on the spot, and I can't remember. Even yeah. though I know I know that yeah. guy's name, uh, Hans Gruber. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Hans Gruber's great in that movie. Um, Unleashed. Have you ever seen Unleashed? No. A Jet Li movie with Morgan Freeman. Okay. Where um, it's Morgan Freeman, Jet Li, and Bob Hoskins. Where Bob Hoskins takes a kid whenever he's uh, like two or three and he raises him as an attack dog. And that's what he uses him for. Like if he takes his collar off of Jet Li, then Jet Li just turns into a monster killer and he just attacks everything in the room until he gets the collar put back on him. You know, he hmm. he trained him like that. But then he's taken, uh, he's taken in by Morgan Freeman who tries to rehabilitate him rehabilitate him and turn him back into a person alan rickman by the way thank you alan rickman hans Hans gruber but um it's it's a movie i didn't expect much i thought it was going to be just a regular you know jet lee action movie but there's actually something there's something going on there that i think is really good very cool while there is still you know jet lee action in it yeah uh after that amistad Outbreak. I like Outbreak. I like Outbreak enough. Yeah, it's a, that's a mean, sick monkey is what that was. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Dreamcatcher. Okay. Did you see it? Nah. Nah. It's, it's Stephen King. I like it. <laughs> and uh, Some of All Fears, which is not Stephen King. No. That's Tom Clancy. That is Clancy. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's he's been in a bunch. And but got to get him some Freeman. That was me shortening down the list. Like I <laughs> nice. said, I could have just put his entire IMDb well page. Well done. Yeah, Very well the done. The guy's done work. Yeah. Well, if you want to see uh, the official SifPop.com list, you can go to SifPop.com and click on the uh, top 10 Morgan Freeman movies there. The top 10 greatest Morgan Freeman movies of all time. I mean, time. you would be in the top 10 greatest Morgan Freeman impressions of all time, for sure. Oh, that's very kind of you, Aaron. <laughs> it's not that great, don't It's It's amazing. No. It's, it's beautiful. It's a, it's a good Morgan? Bad... Is Morgan here? It's a, it's a good, bad Morgan and Freeman impression. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's kind of like my Arnold, you know, just that's all you need I get to the chopper that's all you need Uh, All right, let's head on to uh, the rest of the show but before we get on to the sift quest yeah I'd uh, like to thank everybody that's leaving reviews at Apple Podcasts. I have a couple here that uh, want to highlight. The Vanilla Chronicles? The Vanilla Chronicles continue. 
let's start with uh, the one from SM Heasley. Uh, five star review says, "Great podcast reviews of current films. Hi. Such a great show. I love the fact that I can listen to the non-spoiler episode and get some extra con- uh, content. Uh, Sift Quest and best ever challenges. Aaron and Andrew have great chemistry, and I love the fact that they don't always agree. I I I I love that fact as well." Uh, highly Good recommend- dinosaur. <laughs> highly recommended for any movie fan. Uh, also, Aaron said reviewers should plug their podcast. So, Aaron and Andrew, this is your official invite to guest on the Hugo's There podcast at hugospodcast.com. Yes. That is a great name. Uh, absolutely, 100%. If you leave a, a review uh, we'll give you a shout or out. send us a Sift Quest or whatever, and you want to shout out your podcast or whatever, just let us know. We'd absolutely love to do that. Hugospodcast.com. Something like that. Uh, Alrighty, uh, the other one's from D. Byron, 1996, and yes, he says, If Vanilla is Too Exciting is the name of the title, uh, Vanilla is Too Exciting for You, then you'll probably love this show. Enjoy it with a side of plain crackers, unbuttered popcorn, or plain white rice. I love plain white rice. Truly a great show. Been listening for years, and I don't think I'll stop. Oh, uh, appreciate thanks, that. Byron. Uh, love that. And I, I just love that we've turned a negative into a positive here. Oh, yeah. Um, the one negative negative review we have on apple Podcasts <laughs> compares us to vanilla yeah but who doesn't love vanilla and plain crackers <laughs> and unbuttered popcorn uh thank you for that d brian we really do appreciate it yeah. uh and we'd love to hear your comments as well uh also thank you to our sif pop members uh for making this possible you can go to patreon to check out what membership is all about basically starts at three bucks a month you get uh the episodes early you get the um you get the bonus episodes that we do we talked a little bit about angel has fallen because one of us went ahead and saw it andrew i don't know if you know this uh so we talked a little bit about that on the bonus show so all that's available to our members as well as a monthly hangout all sorts of cool stuff just check it out at patreon it's patreon.com slash sift pop all right you ready for the sift quest yeah Okay, so we're going to take a look at a SIF quest. Uh, this one comes to us from Aaron. Hey, that's me. Oh, what you got? Uh, hey, Aaron and Andrew. I have a SIF quest for the pod. Seems like a trend in recent years that the Oscars splits Best Picture and Best Director. Yeah, that has been happening a lot lately. Yeah. Uh, but I find that people have different views on what makes the best directing. How does directing differ from overall quality of a movie? And what's an example of a movie, if any, that is well-directed but not a good movie? Thanks. I always love to hear your thoughts. Um, you want to start? What did you think? Uh, it, it really, I honestly, I couldn't really think of a movie that I thought was well directed that I Me didn't. either. Because you know, once if I see something that's good directing, there's obviously something there. See, great directing saves bad movies. Yeah, and they're not bad movies anymore because the direction is so great. I, I you can I, have movies with great performances that are bad. Sure, absolutely. But if but if you're doing your job as a director, you're putting the pieces together correctly. You yeah. know, you're you're figuring out how everything meshes together, and I think they're. Uh, a couple movies I would mention specifically where great directors saved what could have been an, an awful movie. And you're going to be shocked when I say them because they're great movies. But I think they're great movies because the directors were amazing. Yeah. Uh, Gravity is one. I think Gravity is an incredible movie almost primarily because Quran is just incredible at directing it. Yeah. Um, and the way he puts it together and the things that he chooses to do save that movie. It could have been just another cliche Sandra Bullock stuck in space movie. In the same exact thing, in, in the same exact area, 
uh, Interstellar by Nolan, I think, is one of those movies where with a different director, I don't know if it works, but he just puts it together so well. The movie's already confusing enough. Right. You exactly. have to have a mind like Nolan's to make it work. So I think there are movies where they are saved by great direction, but honestly, it is very rare that there would be a well directed movie that would be bad. It just, there isn't a lot of that. Does no, that make sense? I, no, Do you I, feel the same one, way? I'm right there with you. So what would you what would you say directing is then? Like how do you determine what, you know, a good director does? Um, well, a good director can make you it's immersion for me. A, mm-hmm. a lot of time. It's not the only thing, you know. If you can make me believe that this place that you're showing me is real, whether it be fantasy or even, you know, period piece or anything like that. If you can make it feel real, then it's easier to buy into. Like uh, one of my favorite directors I always go back to is Denis Villeneuve. Yeah. If you look at Blade Runner and how he made, you know, that world real, you know, with the variety, the grays, and then the oranges, you know, uh, his use of colors to show range, but also nothing feels out of place, you know? He made that world feel real. Um, another director that I'll always go to uh, that helps you with immersion is Edgar Wright, you know, because even though his movies can be ridiculous, it's his shot choices, you know, those quick zooms and stuff that if you, like, look at Hot Fuzz, you're like, oh, okay, so this is the type of movie that it's really trying to make itself, sure. you know? Yeah. So a good director can make anything work. Yeah, I always think of it in terms of, like I said, putting the pieces together, making sure all the different pieces of what it takes to work in a movie work in unison. Yeah, they're the head of, they make it work. So the performances, the pace, the tone, the editing, the script, the art style, all that stuff can can compete with each other if you're not careful. And a great director, I think... Uh, finds a way to go okay here's the tone here's the pace here's the editing we're going to do here's the you know the script because it works together um so it's kind of he's kind of a puzzle maker you know great directors really puts the pieces together um i did have one example but i think the only time you're going to get examples of a uh, well-directed film that isn't a great film is when what makes it not a great film to you is something outside of the movie itself in the best like Mel Gibson or something. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. <clears throat> the best example for me is The Greatest Showman. I think The Greatest Showman is a very well-directed movie. Um, it is it understands the kind of movie that it is. The PT Barnum. <laughs> but that PT Barnum thing makes it almost impossible for me to enjoy it in that way. Um, and so and the guy that directed that uh, his name is Michael Gracie. And I think it was proved with his second movie, which was Rocket Man, which I loved, which I really enjoyed. And I think is very underlooked this year um, so far because Rocket Man takes the incredible direction he did in Greatest Showman and applies it authentically to, you know, a character in a different way. Um, so, yeah, I think so. Something like that is where I would say this answer lands you know, yeah. for me. Somebody like Michael Gracie. Yeah. In The Greatest Showman. That's actually a really good. Uh, I still haven't seen the movie. Really? Yeah. It's well, well done. I, I, you know me. I'm not a musical guy, so I really had no. Yeah. And then you know the whole. I were, I don't think I'm as upset about the whole P.T. Barnum thing as you are. I totally understand it. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's he was a horrible person. <clears throat> yeah. So where it's like, 
springtime for Hitler, you know? It really is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Greatest Showman is the modern springtime for Hitler. Yeah. I hate it so much, I'm losing my voice, apparently. Exactly. Which is fascinating. Yeah. All of a sudden, my voice is gone. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and move on to our buried treasure, then. What's that one thing in any area of pop culture that you want to make sure people know about? Andrew, Old, go ahead. Or older TV show called The League. Okay. Um, you know me. I just uh, Last week, we had to do... Uh, the show early because I went up to Kansas City for fantasy football. Mm-hmm. That's what the show's about. It's literally about uh, a fantasy okay. football league. And this show was a documentary. <laughs> like, it, not literally <laughs> a documentary, but like, you watch the show. It is exactly how me and my friends, I say friends, uh, we treat each other. You watch the show and you think that these people hate each other more than they've hated anybody in their lives. But it's all Whoa. in the. Sp- what a cast! Uh, yeah. Paul Shear, Nick Kroll, yeah, uh, Mark Duplass, Jason Manzukis, yeah. These uh, are these are some funny people. And uh, Seth Rogen, you get some great cameos like Jeff Goldblum and Brie Larson <clears throat> nice. before she was Brie Larson. Um, before she was Brie Larson, yeah. Before she did Room <laughs> or Scott Pilgrim or Captain Marvel, you know. Yeah, but this is one of the funniest shows. I am going to give the. One of the biggest uh, cautionary, like adult content warnings. There's okay. no, there's no nudity or gore or anything like that. But the profanity, if profanity bugs you in any way, this is not a show for you. Looks like it ran seven seasons. Yeah. Well, how many have you watched? Oh, I've seen the whole season. Okay, like you're just watching four, it again, four or five times through. Yeah, well, it's, that's fun. It's honestly in the top five funniest shows I've ever seen in my life. Nice. Yeah. Maybe because I can relate to it so much that I'm like, okay, yeah, that's exactly, that's me. That character right there was me. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Uh, well, mine is not one of the funniest shows of all time. <laughs> uh, this is the David Fincher that I knew we were going to talk about. Oh, I was wondering, like, what other David Fincher Morgan Freeman movie? I was like, that's what I was racking my head around. It's the only thing he's been working on for the last few years. Uh, Mindhunter, Mind the show Hunter. on Netflix. Uh, season two came out. Haven't started. Haven't started season two yet. Man, this is good. Is it? Oh, uh, so good. Now Fincher directs the first couple episodes of both seasons. He also directs the last few episodes of the first season, uh, and I think he directs the last few of this season as well. I could be wrong about that. Um, but you can see his fingerprints all over this show. This is basically Zodiac, the TV show. Yeah. Uh, if you dig kind of the psychological digging in he did to the Zodiac killer and and those kind of things in in Zodiac. Uh, man, this is going to be right up your alley. Uh, and Fincher is so great, and he's so smart. He understands character intention so well. There are just uh, is half of this show, probably more than half of this show, is just people sitting at a table uh, interviewing, yeah, serial killers. But it is so intense, and you're so engaged. And you know, it's one of those things that you know, I, it's not a show uh, my wife would necessarily enjoy. She doesn't; she's not a true crime crime person, yeah. that kind of thing. But she was walking through yesterday while I was watching some of it, and it just it just locked her in. There's something about the way he presents story that is it's really engaging. And this show is just it's it's really brilliant. I, I'm yeah. really falling in love with it again this second season. I'm really glad I got a second season. It, it for me it was like Handmaid's Tale in the sense that after I watched an episode I couldn't immediately watch the next episode. Oh really? Like I have to take breaks in between. Interesting. Yeah. Just because um I forget I forget his name, but you know the serial killers that they 
are interviewing in the show um it's not a documentary series or anything like no. that but but the characters that are portraying these serial killers are so like intense that you're like i just gotta take a break from that you know well but it is also based on real silly serial exactly. killers as well that's i mean exactly charles, what I'm saying. Uh, charles manson is interviewed in the in the second oh, season he's, in, mm-hmm. he's actually in because they uh-huh. kept talking about him in the first season yeah yep they talked to Char- charlie in the second season they you know they talked to all these uh son of sam they talked to in the second season really? as well Ooh. um so and that stuff is fast by the way the actor who plays uh Charles Manson in Mindhunter is the, the same, same actor who from... played it in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, of all the things to, you know, yeah. flirt getting typecast with, I wouldn't flirt getting typecast Charles with Manson. Charles Manson. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, that that stuff, and it's also based on the truth of how the FBI started to uh, think about the psychology of serial killing. It was this new thing, and they were trying to figure out these type of people who just, you know, they're, they were and, psycho. And that element of the show was the biggest draw of it of to me because i'm like oh it it wasn't the fact that you know they were going to be interviewing you know like real life serial killers or anything like that it was the fact that they were telling the story of how the fbi was like if we need if we're going to fight crazy we need to understand crazy i think that's an actual line from the show yeah but where you know they had to change their whole outlook on how you know to prevent you know like if we understand like how these people become who they are then maybe we can you know you know stop something in the future you know the prevent um fascinating show it's really good the uh dynamic of their main team is also really great the chemistry is great uh the way the old curmudgeon and the young guy uh i think his his name is holt mccallany or mccallany uh, that plays Bill Tench, Jonathan yeah. Groff plays Holden Ford. Their dynamic is interesting. And then Anna Torf comes in as Wendy. Uh, you may remember Anna from um, Fringe. Fringe. I loved it. I loved Anna Torf in that show. Uh, and I love her in this show too. She's great. So I, it is. It's definitely one of those shows that you know. You look at it, you might think, "Oh, that's going to be rough, and that's going to be dark, and it's going to be hard to get through." And I'm not telling you you're all wrong. I'm just saying it, the journey is you know i think it's worth the ride it's just so yeah. well done ed kemper that's who i was thinking of yes. the guy that I keep uh interviewing um he's the guy who per, tr- or does that performance is super good but like too creepy the, for you it's pretty creepy yeah yeah well i i mean it just the son of sam interview and the charlie manson interview the, yeah. the it's just incredible the performances the way it's done um, it's so. And much I'm like, only I'm six episodes into the new season, so oh, I've really? got a yeah. couple. I think there's nine. It's there's, so much like seven. Like it, it feels so much like seven. I don't know. I think there's a hopefulness to it that seven doesn't have, though. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> there's no boxes, right? No, no, no absolutely, one hundred percent. There's this show as dark and as the subject as the subject matter is. There's almost a hopefulness to we got to figure this out. We got we have to understand what's going on here. And there's almost a you know. Yes, these kind of people exist, but it's like the hopefulness of don't don't be in denial about it. Actually, figure it out and engage with it, and you know, yeah, it it, it does have an uh, an effect on our main characters that is dark and and interesting. But at the same time, it's I don't know, I, I there's something a little different I think between this and Seven, and I think it has to do with the overall tone. Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying, you know, with the fact that we do know that in the end they did develop this mm-hmm. uh, this working theory you know to help identify serial killers and stuff like that which you know 
is hopeful, but at the same time, in order to do that, they had to interview some of the most horrifying people in history. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, it's fascinating. I am, I am excited to start season Good. two, though. Well, there you go. That's my. Uh, that is my buried treasure. Yeah. Well, we did it. Huzzah! We developed a working theory on podcasting and followed it through. I, we're calling them shows now. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there was so much murder in this episode. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Like Phil the, has to clean it up. The, and... the bounty of bodies just, that we it's left. It's just like the, the bathroom and it. You know, it's just blood, blood all over everywhere. the place. It's blood everywhere. Yeah. Sorry about that, Phil. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or just search Studio DNA uh, in whatever podcast player you use. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Hey! Catch him online at Flick Freaks on Twitter. Pretty much all the socials is Flick Freaks, right? Yeah, but I don't use them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I have them. I don't use them. Fair enough. I don't remember the last time I got Fair on enough. any social media. I'll quit media. sending people there then. You, if, if yeah, you honest, honestly, you might as well stop sending people because <laughs> I don't think I've logged on Twitter in like two or three weeks. That's healthy, man. Hey. Get some honestly, distance. it feels so good getting on I, social I, media. Yeah, I, I get it. Uh, also, big thanks to Phil for hanging out and doing the, uh, the production of both the uh, audio show that you hear and the video show that you see. If you check us out on YouTube, thanks to people who check us out on YouTube. Yeah. We're doing these live now, so if you want to check out the video of the live show, do it live. Uh, just subscribe to the Sif Pop YouTube channel. Um, so just go to youtube.com slash Sif Pop. Or search for Sif Pop. You know how it works. Uh, much love and gratitude to our Sif Pop members as well for giving monthly to make Sif Pop a real thing. Support starts at three bucks a month, and you get access to every bonus episode as well as some other fun perks, uh, including a monthly video hangout. Mm. Uh, you can find more information at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast. Comment, rate, leave a review at Apple Podcasts like the ones that we read. Uh, also, you can email us at feedback at sifpop.com. That is also the email you use if you want to get your SIF quest in. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than learning how to operate a crossbow. Uh, we're going to do some spoilers for Ready or Not up next, and then we'll be back next week with the results of the Summer Sum Game. So that's going to be a fun one. We'll talk some other pop culture stuff as well. We'll see you then. Bye.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.